Well, hey, thanks everybody for being here, whether you're online or on site. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you making a uh, decision to be uh, part of the worship time. A few minutes ago, we sang a song that declared uh, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave. Okay, I'm going to stop, just confess to you as as a semi as, as a semi English Nazi police dude, that, that word always drives me nuts. Raised. <laughs> I don't know why they wrote Rose. Uh, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave. Every time I want to change it, but the authors, uh, songwriters can do whatever they want. It's called poetic license, right? Okay, so I got that out of my system. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wake, is out there somewhere in the universe, and hopefully someday it might help us. Do you remember singing that? Probably not, because that's not what we sang. We sang the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, the same power that commands the dead to wake, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea, lives in us. He lives in us. Now, some of us may be wondering how true that might be. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the church in Rome, the Romans, uh, we call it Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, he says something very similar. He says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You all, you and you plural. Uh, we've been given the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. I don't know about you, but I think that's a little mind-boggling. Um, to think that God wants us to be mobilized, to live our lives ready to take on evil in the name of Jesus, to be able, ready and able and prepared to speak the name of Jesus in every dark place, in every place where people are hurting, Unfortunately, I can say this. I used to say this when I was younger, and I was told that I was cynical. I said this as a 20-year-old pastor at my, uh, let's see, well, my district superintendent told me I was too young to say it because I would, it made me sound cynical. So hopefully now that I'm not 20 years old anymore, Obviously. It's obvious, yes, to see gray, white. So uh, I'm not cynical. I have observed this for a long time. Sadly, we settle for a tame religion where what, what we expect from the Holy Spirit is, is peace. Just keep us comfortable. I mean, really, what do we expect from the Holy Spirit? Peace, comfort, security. Um, and, and he, 
he gives us that. It, that is part of what Jesus promised when he gave us the Holy Spirit as our advocate, as our, as our, uh, the one to come along. He called him a comforter, but I've come across several texts recently uh, over the past couple of years that challenged me to be expecting a whole lot more. Uh, here are just a few examples. Um, Acts chapter 4, the apostles, Peter, this is the follow-up for what we just heard about with Peter and John, he, uh, the, Jesus healing the man who, I mean, this is that's a mind-boggling story right there. This guy had never walked before. He would have been lame from birth. He'd never walked. They, Jesus healed him, and the next thing you know, he's leaping and jumping and dancing and praising God. No rehab. No six to eight months of trying to figure out how do I make these things work now that they work. Mm -hmm. No physical therapy. No, yeah, no physical therapy, no rehab. He is immediately jumping up and down, walking, and I mean, he's doing stuff I can't do. <laughs> Leaping and dancing. I'm doing good to stay standing up. That's just why I usually have been sitting on a stool recently. Uh, and, and so the authorities tell them, don't ever talk about Jesus again. And so they came back to together and they called a prayer meeting and this is how they prayed. They, now Lord, pay attention to their threats and grant your servants to speak your message with great courage. And while you extend your hand to heal and to bring about miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Help us speak boldly and you do stuff that only you can do. That was their prayer. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God courageously. Romans chapter 15, and again, this is the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome. He was going there, and he wanted to introduce himself to them, and he was trying to tell them about his ministry and how God had been using him to work with the Gentiles across the Mediterranean area. And he says in Romans chapter 15, verse 17, So I boast in Christ Jesus about the things that pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in order to bring about the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed in the power of signs and wonders in the power of the Spirit of God. Hmm. In his letter, the first letter to the church at Corinth, which was really a messed up church in so many ways, but that's a whole other sermon. We won't go there. Oh, well, it's a whole series of sermons, actually. Uh, but in, in writing to them, he's reminding them of, of what it was like when he was there. And in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, he says, My conversation, my preaching, were not with persuasive words of wisdom, with, with a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not be based on human wisdom, but on the power of God. It is... And it, Paul, again, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica, the first letter to the Thessalonians, 
uh, he, he says to them, and if you know brothers, we know brothers and sisters loved by God that he has chosen you, and that our gospel did not come to you merely in words, but in the power and in the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. This was an amazing thing. Paul was in Thessalonica for about three weeks before he was literally run out of town. And if you read through the first chapter of First Thessalonians, you find out that they, after three weeks, he's writing back to them because he didn't have the time to tell them everything he wanted to tell them. But even though he was only there for three weeks, they've become a model church for everybody in the world. He says, I, don't, I can't go anywhere without people telling me about you. They tell me about what God's been doing in you. Pastor Jim Cimbala in his book, The Fresh Wind and Fresh Fire, writes that our predecessors back in the camp meeting days used to say that if people left a meeting talking about what a wonderful sermon the preacher gave or how beautifully the singer sang, the meeting had failed. But if people went home saying things like, isn't God good? He met us in such a wonderful, powerful way. It was a good meeting. concludes by saying there was no sharing the stage with the Lord in those days. So how can we move beyond a nice church service? How can we move beyond a good sermon with good, you know, nice music and into powerful encounters with God where, where Jesus comes and meets people and changes their lives in, in ways that are undeniable well I'm going to take you to the Apostle Paul again well it's he wrote most of the books in the New Testament. Well, the Holy Spirit inspired him to write most of the books in the New Testament. So it's kind of hard to avoid him uh, in, in his writings. So let's, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, we call it Ephesians, in chapter 5, verses 15 to 21, this is what he says. Be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, taking advantage of every opportunity because the days are evil. For this reason, do not be foolish, but be wise by understanding what the Lord's will is. Okay, whenever somebody starts talking to me, in the Bible in particular, which says, okay, I want you to understand what the Lord's will is, I, my ears perk up, I start going, okay, I, I want to understand this, I want to hear this, I want to get a hold of this, what does God want? And he says, do not get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, 
singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for each other in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Jesus fills us with God's power and love through the Holy Spirit. And when he does that, it begins to transform all of our relationships. It's not just something that happens between us as an individual and Jesus. It is something that happens between us and us. When the Holy Spirit fills us, it changes our relationships with everyone. And if it doesn't, you probably just had a really nice religious high. Yes, I said that. Because listen to what he says. What, this is what happens when the Spirit fills us. We first of all begin speaking in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We use the Bible's worship songs to speak <coughs> to one another. So the first sign that the Holy Spirit has worked in us is that we begin to use love scripture and we use those signs of those songs of worship to encourage and, and help each other. And then we sing and make music in your hearts together. It's your plural hearts, plural, not your heart while you're alone in the backyard somewhere. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But that in and of itself isn't a sufficient evidence that you've been filled with the Spirit. It's when you're with other Christians and you're joining with other Christians, other followers of Jesus, that you can sing and make music in your hearts with the Lord together. Fourth sign is always giving thanks to God for each other. Yeah, even them. Okay. Even the Baptists down the street. Or maybe you don't have a problem with the Baptists. Maybe it's the Catholics down the street. Or the Presbyterians or the Methodists or the Nazarenes. Are those non-denominational people that you never can quite figure out who they are or what they are. Well, maybe it's just somebody else in your own congregation. You really know that you're filled with the Spirit when you start thanking God for everybody who's following Jesus.
Well, then he had to take it even a whole step further. <coughs> Submitting. If there is a word that Americans of all kinds hate, you know, men hate it, women hate it, young people hate it, old people hate it, rich people hate it, young, poor people hate it. This is an equally hated word by everybody in our society. Submit. What does that mean? Well, to most of us, it means letting other people tell us what to do. And you are not going to tell me what to do. I'm an American. I have my rights. Come on. It's right. If you can't admit that, then I gotta wonder where you grew up. That's the way we are. That's our society, that's our culture. And then that Paul has says in here that one of the signs of being filled with the Spirit is that we learn to submit to each other, that we learn to love each other. Paul put it this way in Philippians, we learn to look out for each other the way we look out for ourselves. We learn to respect each other. No more looking out for number one and only number one. It's I'm looking out for you and you're looking out for me. We're looking out for each other and everybody else. It's not natural. It's not the way we're wired. It's not the way we're taught. It's not part of our society. One of the signs that we have been filled with the Spirit is that we're learning to submit to each other out of reverence for Jesus. We sang a song today that was a, a favorite hymn. Um, Joyce's dad told me once it was one of his favorites. Fill me now. We sang that this morning. Boy, if I was going to do anything, I'd change it just a little. Because it sounds, I'm pretty sure the guy who wrote it was an American. Fill me now. We need to rewrite it, folks. Here's the sermon in a sentence. Fill us now. Fill us now. Jesus come and fill us now. It's not about me. It's about us. I mean, I need to be filled for us to be filled. But it's about us. Not just me. See, there's more to following Jesus than just showing up at a church building to sing songs and pray prayers and listen to a preacher. Uh, and and it, I think it's time to meet Jesus' followers from all branches of the Christian family tree on the level ground at the foot of the cross. For us to recognize that, yes, there are differences, but there's a whole lot more that we're united in life. Jesus reigns on heaven's throne, and God still pours out his Holy Spirit in endless supplies. 
it's time for us to fully agree and persistently pray for the Spirit to fill us with God's power and love. Holy Spirit, fill us now. Holy Spirit's power and his work in our lives is unmatched. And, you know, we can look and act and sound in so many ways like the people around us, and we should. I mean, how many people are you going to be able to communicate with if you're suddenly speaking Chinese? I mean, just go to McDonald's and start trying to order stuff in Chinese. Go to your favorite coffee shop and order something in Swahili. They go, you look familiar, but that doesn't sound like anything that I've ever heard you say before. I have no idea what you're asking. So we have to talk like people around us, but when the Holy Spirit speaks through us, it will be unmistakable. His power is evidenced in signs and wonders or simply in his unique, wise perspective on life that is completely different from anything that we are used to around us. Some of us have been wondering, what's it going to take to reach people in the 21st century. Well, this is what I think. It's not our words, not our words, that will ultimately persuade this generation to follow Jesus. It's going to be a demonstration of the Spirit's power. That's what's going to take well, what's that going to look like? That's up to him. That's up to the Holy Spirit. The, the power, his demonstration of his power may be as simple as helping you go through a deep, dark valley that somebody never thought they, anybody could go through, and you just get to give a testimony about how Jesus helped you go through and they go, I want to be with him, too. It may be a miracle like a healing. It may be a simple prayer that you pray with somebody. And they say, how, how did you know that's what I needed? And your only answer will be, The Holy Spirit told me. There are two sides to being filled by God's Holy Spirit. There's God's side and there's our side. And on God's side, uh, he, he fills us with purity. 
his love. He, he brings us to the place that Paul describes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I love the message uh, version of this. He says, Christ's love has the first and last word in everything we do. Other translations have it, Christ's love compels us, or Christ's love controls us. In, in other words, his love has become the motivation and the shape of everything we do and say. You don't wake up some morning and go, I'm going to love people like Jesus. Good luck. Because you're going to meet somebody in probably 15 minutes after saying that that's going to blow it all up to pieces. Might even be you when you see yourself in the mirror. I don't know. <laughs> He's going to give you purity. One of the things God does when he fills you is he fills you with his love and that makes you more and more like Jesus every day. He also fills you with power. He gives us gifts and abilities. His gifts enable us to serve other people. They don't, aren't for making us look good. They're for serving people in a way that we could never serve them without the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. Gifts are only there for service. This power comes to serve people. On our side of things, to receive the filling by the Spirit, we need to consecrate ourselves, to give ourselves completely to Him, and to believe that He really can live in us in a way that makes a difference in our lives and in the lives of other people. He really can bring me to the place where His love has the first and last word in all that I do. He can. It may take a hundred years, but he can do it. It may only take a split second. You know, he, he doesn't really care about time like we do. That's our problem. So, I want to encourage you, invite you, urge you, to join me in praying that the Holy Spirit will fill us. And to keep praying. How can we move from simply going through, going to a building, hearing songs, hearing prayers, hearing messages, and getting into encounters with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? How can we make that move? It comes when we pray for the Holy Spirit to move us and to fill us and to do When we say we're not going to settle for anything less for the demonstrations of your power 
in our lives and through our lives in the lives of other people. We don't know what it looks like, and frankly, we, we're not going to give you directions as to how to do things. You are, after all, God, and we are not. Let's pray. Spirit, we join saints from ages past with this simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your people and kindle in us the fire of your love. Jesus, come and fill us now. Your kingdom come, your will be done in us and through us as it is in heaven. May we never settle for anything else. Again, thank you uh, for connecting with us, particularly those of you who are online because we're about to let you go. Uh, we're not intent, uh, planning to uh, live stream the local church conference because, well, it, local church conferences are conferences. Business meetings and, well, you wanted to be here you would have been here all right so we're gonna launch that shortly after this quick reminder for all of us Jesus sends us as the father sent him to seek and to save his missing children we are sent let's go in the love and power of the Holy Spirit you are sent go with Jesus unless of course you're here for the church conference